Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Hailing from Melbourne, Al Carr is an alt-country singer and songwriter with rock leanings who played in bands in Sydney in the 1990s before he relocated south in 2006 and started his solo career thereafter. He released a self-titled EP in 2013, then came to albums in 2017 and 2021. His latest album released this year is The Right Dereliction, so I have a fair bit to ask him about. Hello, Al. Hi, Sophie. How are you? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on and talk about this album and some other things. I have a few questions. Now, I'm going to launch straight into the content of the album because you've said of the album that you wanted to get inside the head of a character living through a small town drama. So I'm wondering if you had this character in mind from the start or did it develop organically as you were writing the songs? Yeah, look, it it probably, um, um, in terms of thinking of lyrical content, when I was starting to write the songs, I just made a move to a place called Castlemaine, which is about an hour and a half north of of Melbourne, um, and started going around around town and and meeting different people. And um, I thought, yeah, look, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential ideas for songs in the people that I'm meeting. Um, so it was just a, an interesting way to approach it, to try to you know, go to a cafe and listen in to uh, eavesdrop on a conversation or, or his stories, you know, at the, the, the school gate where I've got two, two young kids. Right. Um, so his stories from, um, you know, <laughs> parents and, and, and sort of interpret all of these ideas into um, not, not completely retelling, you know, um, uh, somebody else's story, but um, kind of getting little bits of um, fragments of information to to turn into um, a narrative for the for the lyrics. And was that a, a way you've written songs before by by sort of listening to other people's stories and observing, or had you tended to write more from a personal place? Probably more so from a personal space in the past, and I just found you know that I think the older you get, the more um, the more boring you become to yourself almost. It's kind of, you know, look, I've, I've been there. I've, I've done that. You know, is anybody really going to be interested in me rehashing, you know, uh, uh, more interesting for me to to tell the, uh, another person's story or attempt to tell another person's story? Mm-hmm. So I mean, that suggests that uh, that ability to sort of look around and go, oh, there might be a story there, it suggests that you have been interested in storytelling before, whether as a, a reader or, you know, watcher of TV series or whatever. So has that been a long interest of yours? Yeah, look, um, I've, I've always um, read books and um, although I've slowed down a little bit at the moment, but um, definitely that um, narrative approach to um, to characters and, and personalities is, um, you know, a, a, a something that I find interesting in terms of, and again, kind of going back to the idea of not wanting to kind of dwell too much on yourself. You know, I'm, I'm 44 and when you get to that sort of age, it sort of, it does get a little bit, um, you feel a bit sort of... Um, you know, on beyond that that kind of teenage angst sort of stuff, you know, you get kind of fairly settled with with where you're where you're at 
in your own in your own skin and it's much more interesting trying to get into somebody else's shoes and see things from their perspective mm-hmm. which was much more fun and enjoyable to go about it that way but I suppose you could say that yeah the earlier songs you write are a way of discovering yourself are you kind of writing through that self-discovery and, and so they serve their purpose in a way Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely serve their purpose. And there's, there's, um, there's, uh, they're, they're great for um, a, a really useful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the writing of the album took a few years. Given that this was, there was this overarching idea of the small town drama, did you add and subtract episodes, let's call them, over that time? Um, add or subtract episodes. Look, um, there, there was a few different. Uh, yeah, look, there was a few, and you could kind of almost relate an episode to to a song. So there was a few different episodes or, or ideas that um, um, did make it. Um, some of them didn't, because um, I think that the songs are there are really kind of quite a diverse bunch of of, of tunes in t- terms of how they've they've turned out. Um, so yeah, look. You, you could say that. I, I think that there's, um, yeah, an interesting mix there. That, that's a good question. You, you kind of got me thinking. <laughs> well, I just kind of have this idea of you, like, because if you if you have the time to let them sit a bit, it's like your intention for how you're telling that bigger story might change. Like, you might think, oh, well, initially, it's it's. I think the character's doing this, or I think this this is this is the sort of story that's going on. But then with time, because they, you know, things sit in the back of the brain. When you've had them for a little while, you might change your mind. For sure. Yeah. Look. Um, yeah. Definitely. And the, the characters. I think the story, as you're writing the lyrics, you know, you, you kind of um, you're thinking about hey, when I'm singing this this narrative, you know, in a year's time or whatever, when the album's out, is it going to be still um, um, spot on, or or is it going to be, you know, something that uh, this narrative has changed now when? Obviously, you can't really change the lyrics, but <laughs> that would be fun. I'm also wondering when you go back to songs after you've had them for a while, <laughs> if they surprise you sometimes. Like you you might not have played them or or even considered them for a little while, but then you go back and think, oh, either that's a lot better than I remember or just the meaning of that has actually changed in the marination of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and I think, you know, the, the band, the, the more that so I play with three other guys, um, Trav, Jack, and, and Simon, and the more that we play the songs, um, they do change. You know, and they're quite some of the songs that were on the album. We, we've almost played around a bit with the, the the structure, some of the parts, not so much the lyrics, but the songs definitely evolve um, the more you play them, which is natural, I suppose, that that happens. Yeah. Uh, with your previous albums and with your EP, uh, was there time around those songs as well? Were they songs that you took took a while to get to know or was was that more of a, I don't want to say conveyor belt because that sounds wrong, but were you more sort of writing to purpose to get the albums out at that time? Um, look, I, I don't think I was writing to, to, to purpose as such. I mean, there was always, um, you know, with every album I, I probably would have maybe 20 to 30 ideas, um, not necessarily sort of fully formed songs, but 20 or 30 songs that then get whittled down. Um, so it's, it's a fairly, um, you know, precise kind of group of 10-odd songs that end up getting recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, because I'm always writing and, and, you know, it's just become sort of a, a natural kind of thing that you're doing in between albums. Um, and then the hard part is kind of, you know, really kind of reducing all of those demos um, down to something that, and that's a great thing with, you know, the band because guitar in the band and I'll send him the demos and he will say yay or nay and if he says this is a good idea it kind of makes it through you know and um so it's it's handy to to, to have that that um yeah person there sort of you know giving the green light or the red light it's a lot of power though <laughs> it's the power of execution it is sometimes I, I push them through and say no actually I really like this one this is <laughs> we're going to give it a go um, but look, it, it is it is useful to um, yeah have have other people to um, yeah throw ideas at and get yeah, get some feedback. Yeah. Now the title of the album is the right dereliction, and it's quite intriguing um, as a title. I'm wondering if you decided while making the album what the right kind of dereliction is. Yeah. Well, not yet. It's it's interesting. So it's a, it's a play on words, obviously, in terms of the right direction, uh, um, which a lot of people are saying the right direction is that what it's called? No, the right dereliction. It's kind of supposed to be this clever kind of play on words that sounds interesting. At least to me, it sounds interesting. Um, so it's um, yeah. Look, what it, what it means exactly in terms of a, a bigger picture kind of thing. I'm not really sure, but I, I thought the front cover was great. It's, you know, it's a photo that another friend of mine um, took um, just near Newcastle, actually, up in the, the sand area up there. There's some old, um, um, I guess they're kind of shacks that people use on the weekend, perhaps. But I thought it was a really great image for for that idea, the right the right dereliction. You know, kind of a play on words, a bit of a juxtaposition in terms of, of, of the wording. Um, yeah, it just sounded nice to me. Yeah, well, I I thought it was very intriguing. In fact, I didn't even for one second consider that it could be the right direction. I actually just took it as the right dereliction and thought, yeah, that's interesting. And thought, yeah, there's something in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I thought it was yeah an interesting kind of play on words in a sense, and yeah, I'm happy with it. <laughs> yeah, well, and it kind of it also implies that that things can be black and white, you know, bitter and sweet, as life is. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. Yeah, there's all that sort of stuff as well. That it's not just yeah. That there is the yeah the uh, the good and the bad and you know the the grey as well and and all the rest of it. So yeah, I thought it was an interesting album title to to, to use. I imagine titling albums is actually a little bit fraught because of course it's making the statement about. Yeah, what you want to tell people the album is, but also just it's it's announcing everything to the world, I guess. So with that album title, with previous album titles, is it something that you've just let bubble to the surface and you think that's it? Or do you set out before you record to choose an album title? Yeah, look, um, for me, it's interesting. So the last two albums I just used a a song name for the album title, which was a bit kind of almost there was a song on that album called Empty Skies and then Truth was the one before that. Also had a song on it called Good Album Titles. This time I've tried to yeah be a little bit more creative with it and um, 
come up with something that's that's not just a song name. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, makes sense. And you can do whatever you like, of course. Um, now I'm going to take you back to those Sydney bands of the 1990s. Were you singing, playing guitar, both? Were you the band leader? What happened? Yeah, I played in a few different bands. Probably, and it was sort of the late 90s from uh, three different bands at the time at the moment, but definitely not any of the um, sort of the, the old country leanings. It was a bit more um, what was happening at the time in Sydney, which was, yeah, kind of um, more rockier kind of stuff, post-rocky kind of sounds. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my my, um, my initial sort of baptism into live music and performing, really, which was great fun because there were some amazing venues in Sydney, the Hopeton, the Excelsior, you know, the Lansdowne, which I think is still mm-hmm. operational. It is. <laughs> uh, I hope it is, at least. Yeah. Um, the Annandale was a great place to play. Um, so, yeah, it was a great time in, in Sydney. I kind of just caught... The, the tail end of the 90s in terms of, um, you know, being old enough to, to, to get into pubs um, and had sort of, yeah, three great years, sort of 97 onwards of being a part of a great scene in, in Sydney and playing with some cool bands. So it was good fun. Yeah, back when there were quite a few venues close to the city, <laughs> which I think is not the case yeah. anymore. Yeah. Are you in Sydney yourself, Sophie? I am, yeah. 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 And I remember those venues you're talking about and um, there were some good times, but I, I think only the Lansdowne yeah, remains. Yeah. It's such a shame, really. I mean, I always remember about Sydney venues, Sydney machines, you know, the Hopton Hotel, or perhaps um, were a bit too much of a, um, uh, too much of an incentive for the publican to kind of, you know, carry on with the, the live music sometimes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yes. Um, so when you moved to Melbourne, were you able to connect with the music scene there or did you have to essentially start anew? Um, I had, I did have some friends that from from um, bands that I knew that would, would come through um, Sydney every now and then. Not that many because I actually had, I lived in London for three or four years between 2003 and sort of late 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved to Melbourne from London. So I, I was a little bit out of, out of touch um, with what was going on, but there was a few people that that I could connect with from some of them from Sydney as well that had actually moved down to Melbourne. And music-wise, maybe sort of, to, um, yeah, I've tried to release something kind of every few years since mm-hmm. then. I think Melbourne is much better set up still for live music. Um, it has a fantastic um, live music scene, so I do envy Melburnians those opportunities. We're very lucky, yeah, and even even some of the regional areas. You know, I'm in, up in Castlemaine, which I don't know if you know Castlemaine, but there's you know there's some great venues here: the Bridge, the Theatre Royal. Um, so there's definitely. I mean, Sydney. You know, Sydney is a great city, and love to to visit Sydney, but I, I am a bit out of touch with. Um, but yeah, Melbourne, you spoiled, for, you know, the amount of... <laughs> Might have frozen there for a minute. 
Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's quite all right. Uh, I will edit. I will edit out some of the um, the stops and starts. Um, now I can see a replacements poster behind you. So I'm guessing, in terms of yeah. your music as a solo artist, they have been an influence. Uh, who yeah, else? Yeah. Who else have you had? Uh, well, you know, the replacements. Paul Westerberg, obviously, is a big. Um, that's actually a a gig that I put on in Melbourne. Um, we showed um, a film that was. Um, made over in states about replacements and uh, Dave Larkin, Charles Jenkins, Davey Lane, a bunch of guests and myself and a couple of other friends to to perform at this gig, you know, in honour of the replacements, which was great fun. Um, but but who else, you know, um, um, gosh, there's, um, you know, I'm a big fan of bands like Wilco, can't go past them in terms of bands that are sort of influencing probably the, the the output that, that I have. Um, but listening to, I'm actually listening to a lot of The Who again at the moment, which is interesting. It's kind of, yeah, kind of going back to some Pete Townsend solo stuff, which is which is great fun. <laughs> well, and, and kind of fits in with you have the idea of the small town drama on your album. The Who are very dramatic. <laughs> Indeed, definitely very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you get much of a chance to see some live music in Castlemaine? Yeah, um, we, we're really fortunate with the bridge. Pat, who runs the bridge, gets a lot of great acts through there. The Theatre Royal, um, Tim and Felicity, who run that, um, they're kind of part. The, the Theatre Royal, I think, are kind of part of the the Love Police circuit, so they're always getting those great tours, stopping off here. And um, I've got a ticket to see Courtney Marie Andrews there in a couple of weeks, which will be great. Um, so I, you know, I got two young kids, but I do my best to kind of get out when I can and, and and see what's happening in town. And in terms of your own gigs, I know you had a couple not that long ago, but uh, I guess for you to get out and play, you want to get out to various cities and things and the logistics of Australia are not great for touring, yeah. particularly when you have small children, but do yeah. you have some plans for shows in the near future? Yeah, look, um, so we've done a gig at the Bridge in Castlemaine. We did the launch a couple of weekends ago in Melbourne um, in the new year, hoping to get up to Sydney. Uh, and whether that's the full band or just um, myself and the guitarist, just to, to kind of get up there and give the album some sort of a launch in Sydney, that would be great. Um, and anything beyond that, no, no plans set in stone at the moment, but... Um, Geez, it would be great to, you know, um, I'm hearing that there's some great little venues, you know, popping up in Newcastle and um, sort of south of Sydney that I'm seeing kind of, you know, that, that people are, are touring to doing gigs at. So that'll be, that'll be a job for the early in the new year, I think. Yeah, right. Uh, and, uh, oh, I had a question that's completely gone out of my head, Al. I'll come up with a question I prepared earlier. So looking back over the EP and the previous albums, do you feel as though one leads to the next, like they're all stepping stones in terms of your development as a writer, as a singer, as a performer? Yeah, definitely. Um, so all of the, these, these albums have been um, recorded with the, the same musicians. Um, so I do think that there is, you know, the, the more that we're playing together, the, the, the tighter that we're getting. Uh, and we've got a real kind of structure in place now for how we, approach a song in the rehearsal room and, and develop it. Um, uh, there's there's a few people that that I've recorded with and that, that mixes and produces. So it feels like there's a real team around the songs that I'm writing, that, that the people that I'm turning to to 
to help get this thing off the ground, um, which which has developed over the past ten odd years. Um, but it's it's a great place to be, sort of knowing that we've got you know this is a, a great guy that I've just um, done two video clips with Arlo, who's is a lovely lovely fella, and um, you know it's kind of this all about this team that you sort of build around yourself to to help get it up and running. So um, yeah, look, it's it's definitely developed into what it what it is at the moment and I, I do think that there's you know it's hard for me to sort of um accurately judge whether there's a, a good progression in the songwriting but you know I feel like there's there's some good songs on this recent album um that I'm really proud of so uh yeah and I, I, I think there's a progression I, I, I think they're getting better it's it says a lot I think that you I have been with the same people for 10 years because in a band environment Tempers can fray, you know, people get a bit worked up. Um, and I suppose it does enable you to have, I would imagine, uh, like an unspoken language between you so that when you do take a song to the band, there is this, this mode of interpretation that can go on where you don't really need to explain much. Um, and that must be interesting for you as a songwriter to be part of that process when the song gets interpreted by the band. Definitely, yeah. I mean, there was a few songs that I took to the band that I had in my head as sounding a particular way and they, they ended up sounding completely different. Um, but I might have a particular idea of how the song's going to end up sounding um, when I write it and when I take it to the rehearsal room. But then everybody contributes um, and I trust them because we've been playing for 10-odd for years together and they're all great musicians. And so if it ends up sounding really different to what I had in mind, then you know, inevitably it sounds, it ends up sounding great. Um, it'll just be perhaps different to, to that original concept, but but that's fine. And part of the reason why we're still playing after 10 years, because there's no sort of, you know, I certainly would never dare say, I don't like that, that it in my head. Uh, and so everybody gets to contribute and it's, it's um, yeah, it's uh, a, a democracy with my name attached. <laughs> Great way to put it, uh, but it also yeah, is <laughs> that um, that you're mainly interested in serving the song because there's got to be a lack of ego there when someone presents you with something that was not ideally, not originally, sorry, what you were thinking um, as the writer. I think mm. at least initially in the early years, there's probably some res in, in resistance, just inherent resistance, thinking, well, that's not that's not how my work was going to be. So you obviously have for quite a while now been interested in just serving the song and doing what's best for it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It's, um, you know, uh, I, I guess when you write a song on an acoustic guitar or maybe it's something on a reformed, I suppose, um, um, yeah, it's... Um, it's definitely a good way to go about it, not, not having hard and fast rules with what the song can become. Mm -hmm. Now, Ali, I'm going to leave it there because we are having some Wi-Fi issues, but um, it has been really interesting to talk to you. And if the connection were better, I'd ask you a few more questions about that interpretation of songs okay. because that sounds fascinating. Next time, yeah. hopefully next time we've got some music out, I'll talk yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So All right. Thanks so much, Sophie. Appreciate Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.